And yeah, once we get on YouTube, that's going to open up a whole different community. And then I can talk to Drew. Drew. Drew is our editor. Drew the editor. Drew's the editor. I'm going to take, or I'm going to do some test footage and take it to Drew, see if he can um, do something with it. Do something with it, because I don't know how to do that stuff. Um, and uh, we'll be primed and ready for our move to the YouTubes, uh, which is weird, too, because clearly, if we're. We're going to, I mean, uh, since I was a little kid, all I wanted was my own TV show. And I remember about a decade ago when I realized there was literally no difference between seeing your favorite movie star on your TV screen at home and seeing somebody you didn't know existed before on YouTube on your computer screen. Like, the brain doesn't go, oh, that's a different screen. These are, no, like, it, you could, now, nowadays you have to work your ass off to not be famous. You know what I mean? People, nobodies are famous all the time for Instagram, for Facebook, for whatever. Like, well, like YouTube channels are just the biggest thing ever. So right. many people are famous from YouTube. And I'm not. I, we've talked about this many times. I am not seeking fame. I just have a natural desire to share my uh, ideas and opinions and and interact with people in the same sort of medium where it's a public thing. It's still performance. It's not a traditional thing. It's like a little bit of like, oh, theater actor and, and talk show host. It's this weird thing that didn't exist 10 years ago or 15 years ago. Um, we do want to try to make money from this. You and I love doing this. We're hoping to build it into something else. We're a little fly by the seat of our pants. Our specificity is non-specificity. And I spoke to someone recently about specificity. Sorry, that's a lot of specificities. Um, and how that's how you become successful. And I'm like, well, you also can't, not, can't be afraid to to break the rules too. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it's like it's like a, a restaurant. The success of a restaurant is based on three things. There's a lot of factors, but three basic things, right? Ambiance, food, and service. How it feels, how it sounds, how the, the food is, and how they treat you. Those are the three uh, pillars of success in the restaurant world. And you have to have those things, but sometimes you can have a place that's a dive. And that ambiance is okay. You go, oh, that's dirty in here, but like that works for that's that place. Want. Yeah, th those rules don't have to be like impeccable, perfection, and kiss your ass. Like they can be honest service where I'm not as nice to you as I would be because you asked me a stupid fucking question. Or food that's like it's not overdone. It's just like charred. It hit with some great fresh seasonings, and it's great the way it is. It those those pillars can be defined in different ways. Yeah. And I don't want to get to the point where we only do one thing because I don't think that's something we could do. No. Keep the options open. Our specificity is non-specificity. We don't have... Don't say specificity <laughs> when we're talking. <laughs> that's, that's fair. You know what the title of this episode is going to be. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just be specific about it. I appreciate that. Very helpful, Cooper. But yeah, I agree. I think it's... Uh, you don't want to be pigeonholed into a into a one-thing show. Uh, I don't. No. I mean, people who are, who are um, masters, who are professionals, who... Uh, what's the word I'm missing? Not... Masters, professionals, masters of their craft. I'm forgetting a very basic word. Prodigies. Anyway. What's that? Prodigy. No, just someone who focuses on the thing they do. Experts, sorry. I couldn't think of expert. I'm losing it. Um, experts in their fields, mm -hmm. that's great. They do a podcast about, you know, Olympic diving. They do a podcast about covering, you know, old murders and with the like those are those are great things. Everyone loves that. But my, I, my I favorite can't, ones I, I listen can't do to, that. My favorite ones I listen to is literally just like Two people who have a profession, they're comedians, or or a person who has a profession, they're a comedian, or they're an actor, they're a writer, but they don't talk only about that. They talk about anything. But things like Chris D'Elia and you know, Joe Rogan and um, 
the third guy we always reference. Brian Collin? No. I uh, love Brian, but that wasn't what I was thinking of. Um, Theo Vaughn? Theo Vaughn, thank you. Like, they're comedians. Even though they're talking about other things, like, they're identified as a comedian, so it's okayed, right? Yeah. It's, you give them that. They're a comedian talks about whatever. Theo, do you listen to Theo Vaughn's? Not often, but I do. Oh, he talks, like, to doctors. Yeah. He interviews, like, scientists. He, like, gets really deep, and, like, it's really good. So I guess that's what we do, but without being comedians. Right, right. Yeah. Well, it's still comedians, though. Just not stand-ups. Well, yeah, okay, exactly. I think you're very right. I, I, I've done stand-up a little bit in the past. It was good. It was bad. It wasn't something I clearly was drawn to so much that I couldn't not do it. Yeah. But that doesn't mean I don't have a comedic brain. I just don't have a stand-up brain, exactly. Right, right, right. Um, but then again, they're also known for their stand-up. We're not known for anything outside of our show, so we have to be okay with being, quote-unquote, I love this, I always get corrected, like nobodies yeah. who have a show just like that. Um, I think it's fine, and I, again, like to break the rules, um, but that, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to get at here, but I definitely, we're on our way to something, I think, more specific, uh, but in the meantime, not being so is, is kind of our thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What else is new? I hate when you say that. <laughs> um, a lot, lots of things, Coop. Um, I, we, I recently uh, sat in on a murder trial. That was interesting. Really? Yeah. Jury duty? No. Um, Did uh, you just watch the O.J. Simpson movie? No. I, I had an opportunity to go watch a, a, a live preliminary for a murder trial, and I said yes because I'm in a yes mode in my life, and I'm like, how could that not be interesting? Paid? No. We don't pay you to watch a, a preliminary you hearing. Just, just you can watch w- public hearings. You, you can go into a you courthouse. You have way too much free time. I have, I have a great amount of free time. <laughs> Um, hey, if I didn't have free time, we wouldn't be sitting here right now. That's true. Um, this is my free time. Um, long story short, it was riveting and terrible. Um, and I learned a lot about the procedure, like the monotonous, how was the hand raised and what motion did the hand and what direction, like, uh, like so meticulous. Yeah. Um, and it was so stark, like at one point, and I'm not going to go into the details of the whole thing. I'll just use little anecdotal, anecdotal moments. Um, the, uh, the wife on the stand who was answering questions about her husband who was killed um, broke down into tears. Uh, they got to some point where she had to recap something that was the, the brutal moment of his, of his injuries, and she lost it. Mm-hmm. And they, they said, let's take a 10-minute recess. You know, Take your time. We know this is hard, all that kind of stuff. And it instantly, like... Just because you're in a courthouse and someone's talking about how they're and, and the and the person who killed them is sitting right here and they're looking at that like it doesn't mean that there aren't people in that room who are doing their nine to five job and they don't give a shit because they can't care forever and after a certain a number of years or maybe their personalities they're just not as present in you as you would normally be in a situation right. like that. You Meaning, here's my point. Here's what I'm getting at. After they took that recess, no two minutes later. One of the clerks walks over to the desk where the snacks are, and she makes a comment about the, the crack, like the animal cracks. She's like, "Okay, I take it back. They're good." She's like, "I don't know. I'm a, I'm a, I'm an animal cracker connoisseur." And makes a big laugh, and I'm like, "The lady's still over here crying, ten feet from her." And I'm like, "This is such a fucking weird scenario." Uh, but like, you can't be. I mean, maybe that's a bad professional choice, or maybe after years of doing jobs like that, where every day you're seeing people recap tragedies you just can't pretend to be somber the entire time i'm like i'm not trying to say she's an asshole she might be but she might just be dealing with how she deals with the job um 
but it was it was riveting too. And you make so many assumptions when I first when I sat down and they brought the you know the, the killer in the murderer in. Um, I was like, huh. And they were like, it was a car. I heard someone say it was a carjacking, and I'm like, oh wow, he carjacked him and shot somebody. Wait, so were you were actually there in the courtroom, or you yes. were somewhere else watching? No, it on- in the courtroom. Oh wow, okay. sitting behind the prosecution in the in the guest section. Um, and it wasn't a full trial; it was a preliminary trial. Um, I don't want to say I know anything about regular trials outside of you know TV and film, so I don't know. The diff, the major differences, but it felt like a little trial to me. Well, the preliminary, I believe, is when the defendant will say whether they're they'll plead guilty or not guilty. But and it's more elaborate after- than that because they went on and on. And there was one point where the defense started to say something. Oh, pardon me, I turned this off. I should not be blinking in the middle of the thing. Sorry, guys. Um, where the defense started saying something, and the judge stopped her and was like, uh, "Where are you going with this? We're just these are preliminaries. Just tell me this, you know." And and she was like, well, I just thought that she was like, she basically shut her down and she didn't have a good argument to continue. So she kind of relinquished, like she started reading something. And it was funny. She was like, oh, let me check my notes. And then she stared at her notes for like a good 45 seconds, which is doesn't sound like a long time. But when you're sitting there in the courtroom and the court and the the judge is just like, yeah, where are you going with this? And she's like, I was trying like, no, no, stop it. And then she looks down and looking at her notes and she's just staring at her notes. We're all like, what are you reading? What are you going on? Um, but you, you come and you hear carjacking, you hear murder, and you think, oh, well, they, he must have had a gun, he must have shot him. And the first witness who came in was uh, the guy's girlfriend for like six years. They went to high school together. They'd lived together. And she recapped the time that he like called her, showed up at her house after they'd broken up, and he was like, I think I killed somebody. And she's like, what are you doing? No, you have to – you got to turn yourself in, all the different stuff. And she didn't want to be involved, and, and he was very nervous. And then she starts crying because she was like, he's not like this. He's a good soul. He was always kind to me. He never abused me. We fought like regular couple. But And you're like, where the fuck is this going? Long story short, um, he he stopped their car by, like, riding his bike directly at the car and, like, forced them to stop. And then pulled out what I – they never quite said what it was, but it was, like, a crowbar. Ooh. And he – he and the and the driver, the husband, like fought. Like he he like opened the door and he pulled him out, or he hopped out. Or, long story short, at one point in time, they had switched positions where the uh, the um, the criminal I don't know what proper term to use um, had taken. It was in the car in the driver's seat, and the and the husband was outside the car trying to get back in because his wife is sitting in the passenger seat. The person who's on the stand right now answering yeah. questions. And long story short, she ended up being able to get out, but the husband either got trapped in the door or didn't let go, but the but was being dragged by the guy now driving his car, and the guy basically drove the car repeatedly into the parked cars, smashing oh. the, the guy in between the cars, oh, and drove away, and then she went, and he was still alive, and it was terrible, and she's, I mean, oof, my goodness, man. Oh. Yeah, um... You went to that. I, you know, I like I said, man. I'm, I'm say, you know, I'm not in a position now with this show specifically. <laughs> sorry, um, I can't say no to opportunity for experience, and it, it makes me better at this. It makes my view of the world more. Basically, this show is my baby, and when you have a kid, you now see the world in their eyes, and you sort of your excitement for life becomes reinvigorated. And that's kind of where I am right now, where I want to go do these things because I want to have stories to tell, and I want uh, I want a rich uh, you know cache of content, and um, and it's you know what 
I've been saying no for too long anyway for my own benefit, and it feels good to be like, oh, I want to go do these things. I want to, instead of taking it easy, which I love to do too. Why say no when it feels so good to say yes? Wow, I hope that never happens again. <laughs> that got way too sexual. Um, what the is that office. from? Yeah, but you said it way sexually. That's how she says it in the office. Well, Nelly. Maybe. <laughs> That's Actually, how Nelly says it. Nelly's Nell. Here's the thing, Nelly. <laughs> she, if you don't know, we're talking about the office, and Nelly came in season eight, seven. right? As Michael, well, Michael went through season seven, and they never met. They didn't season eight when they went to Florida. That's where they met Nelly. Oh, maybe yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. before they went. Sorry, no, they didn't meet Nelly in Florida. They met her when he was applying for Michael's job. So yeah. no, after season eight. And now I knew from my years of of watching TV and and analyzing everything and you know being in production, working in Hollywood, acting a little bit, not much. Um, that there's always a reason for things. Like that person, either they were amazing in every audition, or they knew somebody, or they were like you know. Um, uh, poached by some. Long, when I saw that she was this British actor who was really charactery, I knew. I was like, she knows Ricky Gervais and, and, and Stephen Merchant to some degree. Long story short, she was like a, a very successful character actor in England, and they loved her for whatever her you know reasons, and that's why she got that job. And yeah. I was like, yeah, of Makes course, sense. exactly. And when you know as well as I do, when, when Nelly first came in, no one really liked her. Like the audience, everyone was. It was tough to accept Nelly. Yeah. But when you watch. Season eight and season nine, 4,500 times, she becomes one of the characters, man. She's yeah, great. She's, she's super funny. Um, yeah, she added an element that didn't exist before. So the guy was guilty. I didn't see the whole thing, actually. Um, it was going to be many more hours, and uh, I only saw to the point of when uh, the wife recanted, uh, recounted how he well, was— Well, I mean, he's definitely guilty if it's like—I mean, it's not like a mystery. right. That's what I mean. But, but it's like the ver- there's, it's there's, trying, they're trying to figure out what his punishment's going to be. You know, when it comes to law, these weird um, thin lines between was it burglary or was it robbery? Did he have the things? Was there a separation? Did he think he was going to keep the, the stolen goods or did he attack? Like, He's there's driving all- away in the car. That's a stolen good. Just because someone's been killed doesn't mean that there aren't lawyers trying to find line their way out of uh, reducing, so reducing someone's sentence. I mean, between like death penalty and like 40 years to life is like, uh, that's what the law is all about. You know, like there's different things you got to figure out and there's, you know, here's the deal. Here's the bargain. They're going to take the plea. I don't know. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, I didn't see all of it, but I did bump into the prosecutor outside later on. And I asked her, I was like, look, I didn't see how that kind of unfolded. And I, I, maybe you can't answer these questions, but I'm really curious. Um, th- so he was alive when, after the, the guy stole the car and left and he was injured. She was like, yeah. And I said, so he died at the hospital? She was like, yeah. And I said, when I first went in, I, th- I assumed it was a shooting because it was a carjacking. And then I realized it happened. And it sort of changes like the amount of intent for the murder, right? She was like, not necessarily. She said, just because... You know, to the to the untrained eye, it may seem like he didn't intend to kill him. You don't know what his mind was thinking, and I truly believe that his intent at that point in the in the interaction was to kill the guy, even though yeah, slamming him into. But that's what the, the but the prosecution has to do. Their job right, is to, right, to right. jam him, right? And they got to go in intentional. He wanted to do it, and the defense is like, no, they have to do their best to be like this guy is innocent of the level of severity of this crime. Right, he may right, he right. did it, but he wasn't intentional. And, so it was it was a good experience and uh, man it makes you appreciate your your humble little life you know like yeah. one one a series of bad choices one bad choice you know maybe drugs or you make you decide to really do something horrible your life's over man it's it's crazy it's crazy and sometimes people find themselves in in positions 
And this is something that I and I I know this sounds. Some people are gonna be like, "He's too liberal" or whatever. But even though I think criminals should be punished for their crimes, a hundred percent, of course, they're also human beings. That you, if you look at the world in, in its many nuanced ways, they're people, and they they deserve some of that empathy too. Like not to say get let them go off scot free with murder. Of course not, but. We're all different. We're all 25 people in our heads. You know what I mean? Like yeah. one part of their person is this terrible murder. Another person might be just an abused kid. Uh, it's 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 why life is not easy. Why they try to make the law or the why they try to demonize or like in politics, they like this person is bad. Vote for us. We're on the red side. Like they try to simplify it for the average fucking moron. I'm sorry, average morons. But it, it, most people are smarter than that. And we need more than just like he's bad. He's good. I'm red. I'm blue. Like it, it the world doesn't fucking work that way. But they want us to think that it does. It does not. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. And I recommend if someone gets an opportunity like that to go go see a court case. Um. I was riveted. I was riveted. Um, I, I. When was it? When did I go? Yeah. Yesterday. That was yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday. Oh wow. Um. Yeah. I, it's good. It's just like I met somebody recently, and and we were talking about food, and she goes, um, "Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to think about it." As, a, as an animal, whatever. And I was like, are you one of those people that wants the boneless fucking wings? And they're like, yes. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you got to stop that, man. <laughs> if you're going to eat meat, not all the time, but like you should be familiar like with, I'm sorry to say, the carcass, the dead creature you're consuming. You should be aware of that. You should, I hate to say this, but in the Game of Thrones, when uh, Jon Snow, he's like, my father always taught me the man who gives the sentence should you know, kill the guy or whatever. Like, if you're going to give him the sentence, you should be the one to swing the sword. You're the right, man right. to be the swing the sword. Uh, and there's, there's that mean that's so fucking deep, man. The the profundity of if you're going to give the sentence, you'd swing the sword. Yeah, if you're going to eat the fucking animal, you should know how its bones feel in your hand. You shouldn't. You know, I'm thinking you're <laughs> you're going to say no to me, but I was thinking of like interviewing or going to the farm where I buy my most of the sausage I like, because I know I'm going to be like these motherfuckers. I shouldn't have said that. Now they're gonna know I'm coming. Um, but you I know, don't, I'd be I'd be interested, but I don't think I would go to the farm of like a slaughterhouse. I don't know if I could do it. Well, that's the whole point. That would no. be the point to be like, here's what I eat, and I take it for granted. I don't I wanna, go to I don't the place to ruin the meat because I know if I go, I might that's not whole, eat it. Of course, that's that's the challenge. Like maybe you find out they're actually really humane. I don't know. Um, I'm sure they're not. Um, but and again, I'm an omnivore. I eat everything. I'm not trying to. Pretend, uh, pretend that I'm this, uh, you know, sanctimonious uh, lover of all that it lives and never kills anything. Like I, I'm a fucking human murderer when it comes to animals and and and, and fish and, and I, I. There's no other way around it. It's kind of like that. It's kind of like that um, argument I have about uh, pro-choice women. It should have the right to choose if they're going to have an abortion, not having a baby or not. But that doesn't mean that it's an easy choice, and they don't have to fucking live with that choice for the rest of their lives. Just because they're having an abortion doesn't mean they don't give a shit. Like it's that whole bad or good. You're a killer. I'm a, like no. I can see. I can. I. I can see the other side of the argument. Of course, you, that's, that's, you know, that's like, exactly yeah. my point. You can see both like sides. You can get it if they think if they if they think it's murdering a baby, then I get why they're so. You know. I don't want to murder babies. I don't support no. baby murder. Um, but that's not. The o- if there's 15 moving parts and that's one of them yeah. Um, oof. yeah no I, I, I'm actually I've said this before as like a joke but it's true 
I'm so happy I'm not a woman. The fucking things that women have to go through on a daily basis for their entire lives. Dudes have it easy, man. Now, oh, yeah. we have it easy by comparison. I absolutely, there's no other way around it. But I will also say this. Women's ability, their threshold for experience dwarfs our own. I'm not saying men can't have good experiences, but even down to like the number of, of uh, sexual receptors on their genitalia like doubles <laughs> in number as ours. They're, the, the idea of a multiple orgasm for a guy is like, can that even happen? For women, it's like, when do I not orgasm multi multiple times? Like, oh, my orgasm was 45 minutes. I'm like, yeah, mine was 45 4.5 seconds. Like, it, there, you know what I mean? Like, the complexity of the female experience. The, have you ever seen girls have fun together? Have you ever had that much fun with your dude friends? Uh, answer's no. Like, yeah. uh, we have fun with our dude friends. I, I love hanging out with my bros, if you will. But women, the joy women feel on their, when they're having fucking t uh, discussions. It's a whole nother level. Dude, girl joy, girl party, they don't call it. Um, girls just want to have fun for nothing. It's like boys just want that doesn't even fucking sound right. No. Boys just want to have guns. That sounds more appropriate. We're gonna talk about guns soon because I'm buying a gun. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, mom. I'm not. I am. Um, I think it's time. I'm in, I'm old enough now where I actually yeah, feel like I one. I could feel like I could. It's a, I don't going know, to had murder this, trials. You know, a gun. It's true. It's true. Uh, you and I had this discussion one time where we were like, you were like, no guns, no, and I'm like. Guns, maybe, because gun is a tool. We have too many. We profit too much. I just don't see my need for a gun. I'm not. I'm. I haven't ran in. I lived in Bedsty in like the worst time to live in Bedsty, and I never. I got robbed a few or once actually badly, but, but badly. I, I mean, knives up to me and like threatening to kill me, but I didn't. Now, why after? Now here's the thing, you weren't at home. Even if I had a gun, I wouldn't. I wouldn't kill this kid robbing me. That's my point. Let me I let me ask I, you let me ask you a couple questions if you don't mind. You know what? I will buy a gun, but I won't buy any bullets. Can I ask you a couple questions? Yeah. Okay. You were on the street when this happened. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You're not a you're going to carry a gun. No. What if and try to put yourself in this position? Okay. What if the same fucking thing happened, but it happened at 7 a.m. when you were asleep and then someone woke you up with a knife over you in your in your house? Would that change the? Would you, at some point, if you were to think about getting a gun, would you have one maybe at home to protect you and your and your wife if something like that happened? More than you're going to be a carry guy. Like I don't think no carry. I, I'm not ready for that. Walking around with a gun, that's a completely different level. Having a gun at home for home protection, I think, is where the acceptable line is for someone like me because I am not a pacifist, but I'm not a violent person either. I don't ever want to see people suffer physically if they don't have to. But I swear to you, right now, I would no. much rather shoot a person breaking into my house than I would be to let them knife me in my bed. I'm still going to say no. Okay. Only because I just don't want a gun in my house. Okay. Now, what Especially if, if I have kids in the future, hell no. The amount of stories I've read about gun control and the amount of stories of kids playing their BB guns and stuff and then True. accidentally grabbing dad's gun or, or accidentally... Would you not have yours in a safe? Sure. Okay. Yeah, of course. Well, doesn't that nullify your 10-year-old your who's playing guns grabbing your gun? Maybe. What I do you just, mean maybe? No, it nullifies Just the idea it. of having it in the house with my kid and I just don't know if I want it. That's I, fine. I'll get pepper That's spray fine. or a knife or something. I, and I am not saying you are wrong by any no, means. No, no, no. But would you rather have a gun and never need it or ha wake up with a guy with a knife over your throat and... and be killed in your own bed. I don't think those are the only two options. I'm, I'm posing a question. 
Um, I don't want to answer it. Okay, that's fair. I don't think that I, I think it's like a, not a an- silly not world. Not answering it does exist. does make me think that there's a sliver in your mind that maybe having a gun isn't as bad as you're saying it is. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying it's bad. I think there's. I m- would rather I think, have one and never need it. I think the more people with guns, more mistakes are made. I can't, absolutely. You know, it's it's like the numbers. If you don't have a gun, you can't you, shoot yourself. It's, yeah. I totally agree with you. You're 100 percent right. I'll also say this. My mother is uh, the most peaceful person I know. Uh, she wouldn't hurt a fly. Um, and you, uh, you, I think you've met her, but she's a sweet woman. Um, I grew up in the woods with both a 22 rifle and an M16 in a closet that was unlocked. There were no bullets there. And I never once played with it uh, in, a, in, a, in a way that it was dangerous or even really needed to, like, I want to shoot these. I never even wanted to. But in my head, I know that living in the deep woods of Maine... Um, where there's there's no 911 that's going to get to you. There's no police force. There's no police force for 25, 30 miles. Oh, that's scary. Yeah, exactly. There's different kinds of scary. And she had these guns, and I respected her for that. She never used them. I never saw her shoot them. I never, you know, I never, it was never a dangerous thing. We're not that family. We're not a gun family by any means, but she had them. But that's another thing is like she had them. She never shot them. She never used them. She never. That I saw. How do you know that like someone's breaking in and then you load that gun that's never been used, cleaned, disassembled? Well, first of all, I never saw. Because you have to do that when you have a gun. You have to clean it. You have to I never saw her not clean it or not shoot it. I just never. She made it. Didn't make it public. So she could have practiced. She could have known how to fucking That'd do a blindfold. That'd be so gangster if your mom was this peaceful woman, and then later she's just like breaking down a gun. Bring me more magazines, Maya. <laughs> but that's yeah, exactly. the thing. It's exactly. like uh, there's some gun owners that I see that I know, like friends' dads and stuff, who keep them locked up, who who do shoot them, who clean them every day, who take care of them. And then there's probably some people who buy it and then it just sits in the drawer. And then they don't know how to use it. They don't know how to properly. I fully endorse if you're getting a gun that you go to the range on a regular basis, at least for a time, so you can learn how to use this tool. A hundred percent. And you do not have to clean a gun every day. That's insane. Not every day, but you it's have like, to clean it pretty. Sure, every often. 500 rounds, every every a thousand, every thousand rounds. Like there's yeah. a certain number you have to learn these things. It's yeah. very important, and you have to know how to clean your gun. Absolutely. Yeah. Reliability is so important. That's why they say Glocks are so great because they're so reliable. That's fine. Uh, lots of good guns out there. Um, but having that tool and she never needed it, I much prefer than if she didn't have that and there was this memory in my, in my youth where we were, you know, uh, held up by, by people who robbed us and came to our house. Like, uh, But sh- also the scenario for you is also if there wasn't any guns there, your life would have been the same because you, could say you, that you never got robbed sure. and you never got robbed at knife point. And I'm sure that doesn't happen that often in Maine. But just uh, like it doesn't happen that often in Connecticut. Like I would – like no one in, in growing up where I was had – Guns or had. and here's the thing, that's great. How lucky are we? We're but not. Guess I what? know. I know. There's other parts. There of are world. there are statistics for people who are murdered, whose houses are broken into. Those are real things that could yeah. happen to anyone. And then there's that guy who just shot that kid for walking like near his lawn because he was on his property and he got fucking off and got no jail time or nothing because and he just fucking murdered this 16 or how old is he? 15, 14 year old kid. Yeah. That shit is this. Th- that, that, that is, is an abuse of an existing law. But no, that's that's but, murder. But but and but his it was assuming just like, I it, know it looked like some innocent white guy. He was just like, well, no, he he was like coming into my. He was like on his way to my house, and the kid was just walking across his yard. That's a terrible. But it's like perfect storm of somebody who shouldn't have a gun, 
yeah. having a gun in a place that allows you technically to shoot someone and a kid who didn't know that guy was crazy and was just walking home from school. And again, I don't know the details. It might be different than that. He may have thought it was funny to scare the guy and the guy. No, no, I don't no, know. No, no. It, but it's, it's that is story. a perfect storm of terrible fucking things. Yeah. It's a terrible story. And now here's the thing. Like I said before, you and I differ. You think guns, no, no, no. I think it's a tool. We have too many. Too many bad people have them. The laws are too crazy and lenient. The cops have too much carte blanche when, when killing people that they shouldn't be killing. Um, there's too many criminals. Like, yes, all those things are true. All those things are true. But you cannot blame the fucking water bottle because the guy murdered him in the head with a water bottle. Like, it's not the water bottle's fault. Yeah, but water bottles aren't designed to kill people. Guns are designed Glass to bottles kill. have often been used know, to fucking smash and kill people. I know, but they're not made like kill your, or sh- you know, I mean, that's so, that's such a, uh, you could say that about anything. Exactly. You can say it about anything. But my, guns That's are, my point. Anything is a are, fucking tool. But you can, guns are specifically designed to extract a bullet to pierce something it and is a d- It is a tool <laughs> like, of murder. Yeah. Absolutely. Glass but bottle is not a tool of murder. Also it's also a tool of defending yourself getting murdered, your family and friends being murdered. It's a tool of murdering your dinner in certain situations. It's a deterrent for not being in a situation, not being a victim. It is never one thing. I'll say this, and this is a fact. You're part of a very small group, a small percentage that wants to buy a gun and and have it as a, just a tool for safety, locked away in a safe. No, that's yes. No, there's a lot so of people many like people, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then they get they use them, and it's we I'm can do some you. research, and you can support your small percentage, and I can support my I more will. than that, and that's fine. Uh, but we at the moment we don't really know what the numbers are. There's a lot of people out there who have guns for protection and keep them in a safe. That's a that's a lot of people in that category who aren't gun nuts. Yeah. And you can even have three or four guns, have them in safes, and not be a gun nut. Like, now that I'm researching guns, I'm at a position where I don't, like, oh, I think I need two for different purposes. And I don't mean, like, to shoot people different ways, (laughs) but, like, when I go to a a gun range, if it turns out that I enjoy shooting guns, just like I enjoy different coffee mugs, just like I enjoy different kinds of cars or different features on, on a fucking phone, like... There's different ergonomics and different like kickback and different like uh, trigger pulls and like there's di- there once you start investing in information and knowledge in something, it becomes more interesting. No matter how silly it seems on the surface, we all have our little quirky things, and it's actually not that odd to like guns. I'm not saying I do yet, but I might end up enjoying this little journey. Um, Would you be upset if gun laws changed and you weren't allowed to get a gun? I've already experienced that right now. The first gun I liked that I looked into isn't legal in California. <laughs> and what I did was go, okay, I guess I'll get a different gun. Yeah. I, I, I mean, what I thought you it couldn't w- get any gun. I would definitely problem with that. I think people legally should be able to have guns. That's it's like the Second Amendment. The Second the Second Amendment, right? Yeah, I, I, the amendments. These, I mean, what does it even mean anymore? Oh, well, you better back <laughs> that up, unless you're being sarcasmo. Actually, I'm gonna end on that note because we gotta wrap it okay, up. Okay, that was good though. I appreciate that, Cooper. I, I know I get a little hot and heavy sometimes. I, I, you handle me well. I, I appreciate that. I know how to handle you. You do. You're good at it, guys. Thank you so much. That was a that was kind of an intense one. Um, we will see you next week. We got a great guest episode coming up next week. Our uh, next uh, episode on Thursday. Our buddy Josh. Is coming Joshy in. boy. He's so cool, man. You guys are going to love Josh. He's just so chill and hip. And he's in finance. You know finance people. They're so chill He's got and a hip. funny laugh. Yeah. He does a funny <laughs> laugh. And guess what? He's obsessed with The Office like we are. We are doing unofficial doing The Office Volume 2 on Thursday. So check it out. Peace. Later.